Today on the Benefits Breakdown, the team is joined by Julie Turpin, Chief People Officer for Brown & Brown. Julie guides us through purposeful leadership, her People Lead People playbook. We talk about culture, we talk about mental health, and ideas for teammates and employers to consider to build successful outcomes for yourself, your families, and your organizations. So, welcome to the Benefits Breakdown. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Benefits Breakdown. I'm Vanessa Longnecker here with... Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Jared Bocut. Hey, everybody. Adam Compton. Jared, Vanessa, are you excited? Because we're going to learn a lot today. Actually, it leads excited. me to a question, Jared and Vanessa. Do you know what you call a lesson about turtles? It's a tutorial, but we're not going to learn about tutorials today. <laughs> we're going to dive in. Oh, my. <laughs> you never fail us with your dad. There we jokes, go. Uh, we're just excited. We actually have a, a teammate, one of our leaders, Julie Turpin, is joining us. Julie is our CHRO of Brown & Brown. Julie, welcome to the Benefits Breakdown. Glad to have you. Thank you, Adam, Vanessa, and Jared. It's wonderful, absolutely wonderful to be here. And I'll have to, um, Adam, correct you. It's Chief People Officer. Oh, not turtles. Not turtles. You know <laughs> what? That's a t- and I love people, so I'm pretty sensitive. Chief people officer. <laughs> I think that's a tutorial t- for me now. My goodness. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I think I'm more nervous having Julie on than when we've had Powell in the past. Having HR on over having, like, I don't know why. I feel like I'm going to say something He's a wrong. a people then, person. Oh, yeah. I'm it's just kidding, Julie. Fun. You know, you, I'm kidding. Jared, uh, so um, if leaders want to sort of um, get my blood pressure to rise, they call me HR. I always correct everyone and say I'm an operator at heart who happens to be responsible for team resources at Brown & Brown, but my background is 100% operations. I love it. With that, we would love to hear a little bit more about Julie your background, and something fun that Julie loves to do. We're going to throw that out there. All right. Well, my background is I, um, I've been with Brown & Brown for 11 years, and I actually started at Brown & Brown in operations and then quickly uh, was promoted to the COO of a profit center, and then shortly thereafter, the CEO of a profit center. Um, and so then I was running that profit center in pretty short order, and I had been doing that for the last um, you know, eight of my 11 years here at Brown & Brown and got involved in acquisitions and integrating acquisitions into the services vertical, so really spent the the majority of my career at Brown and Brown in what we would call an operations role, running a PL, running teammate, you know, being responsible for about 600 teammates and really the strategy of the business. So that was a really exciting um, adventure for me. I'd started my own property casualty firm several years ago. So I know how to sell insurance. So kind of shifting to Brown and Brown was a really wonderful sort of career experience for me. And little did I know about three and a half years ago, I was going to be tapped to consider the chief people officer role at Brown & Brown, which I uh, was fairly certain I was not wholly qualified for, um, but thought that sounds interesting. And I'm sure we'll get into the way I think about things and why I, you know, thought about, hmm, that sounds interesting. Maybe that's something I, you know, ought to consider doing. Um, but now I'm, you know, when I was put in that role, it was sort of uh, that ran sort of uh, consistent when COVID hit. So I was put in the role on March 20th and COVID hit in March of 2020. So I didn't have a playbook for that. 
Um, but I remembered, nor did anyone else. And so there's, uh, while COVID was very serious and, you know, and I take that very seriously, I recognized the opportunity that I had as a result of that, which was there was no playbook that existed for anybody. And so I was already starting in a place where I wasn't a traditional, you know, CPO or CHRO. So I felt a little bit like, wow, I'm not sure what I have to offer here, but recognizing and looking around and being very honest about the fact that everyone was a little flat footed um, and that there was just nothing but opportunity to do something for our teammates. So I went from being responsible for 600 teammates to being responsible for at that time, because it was almost four years ago, about 10,500. So that was um, both exciting and frightening all at the same time. Something fun about me that I enjoy doing, uh, I have a number of things that I love to do, but one is, and I don't do it as much as I'd love to, is I love to cook and I'm an excellent cook, whether it's, you know, memorizing recipes, using a recipe or creating my own, I have, I have depth in that, uh, in that talent. So I can do either one of those. So something I really enjoy and it's very soothing for me. So do I picture the Brown and Brown Bake Squad coming to Netflix here shortly? <laughs> Perfect. I can do that too. I love I love to eat, so we have that going. Oh, and Adam loves anything you can put in a fridge. That's right. So That's we're all in good company. <laughs> For those that don't know us, we're all friends, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> and our inside jokes are amazing. You have to trust that. <laughs> Julie, we're thankful that you're going to take us down a little bit of a guiding path of, again, some of your history, which I think is super relevant, but your your leadership that you touched on is is interesting to kind of not go from what you've been doing to something very different. Again, you kind of said it openly, it was scary, maybe a little frightening, and and to kind of refine that to your role now, we'd love to kind of dive deeper into this this thing that called purposeful leadership that you've been really open about, not just in the brown and brown walls, but uh, social media events, and and kind of learn more about what that is and, and where did that all come from? Wonderful, you know, uh, purposeful leadership. I call it really my labor of love, and I'm not sure that it's something I could have done even a couple of years ago. Uh, we just started this probably about. Um, about a year ago, I think January will mark a year. And, you know, what I realized in this role at Brown and Brown that I probably hadn't realized before is that the things that you learn on your pathway may, your stories, like your lessons may not seem that rich or inspiring or interesting to you as an individual. But, you know, when you share those, I, I, it's just always so humbling to recognize that even if you touch one life with your lesson, that's so meaningful. And I can assure you, I thought that, you know, when I told a story or something or shared an insight that, you know, it probably wasn't that interesting. But the truth is, this is how, you know, young leaders, it's how, you know, it's how leaders of all sort of genres and, and generations learn. And I think they want to hear from those of us who are vulnerable enough and open enough to share, you know, the scars. I call it my lessons and my wisdom because that's where I, in my life, have learned the most. It's not in the times that I've been successful or done something I'm really proud of. Where I learn the most is where I've done something maybe I'm not so proud of, and or I've done something that I've tried something and maybe it didn't go the way I thought, or you know I had a situation where I could have handled it differently. So for me, the my life lessons come in the learnings of 
you know, doing things that frighten you and figuring out how to do that, capturing your wisdom and being able to trap that wisdom and then reuse it. I call it sort of my wisdom in my backpack, right? So I think, you know, I've learned, and this is just sort of the world according to Julie Turpin, it, it may not resonate with everyone. And I honor that. And I completely recognize that and give everyone grace to recognize what resonates with them. But I sort of think life has a way of showing up for you in all ways. And so it shows up for you maybe in a challenge. And so it's about how do you go through that challenge? And I'm so aware now that life can show up in challenges. I generally say to myself, just give me the challenge so I can get the lesson and move through it. Like, I'm just annoyed. Like, I know I have to face the lesson. So just give it to me, give it to me fast so I can take that wisdom and throw it in my backpack and reuse it and share it. And I think for me is that's for, you know, for where I think life for me has been really so rich is learning those lessons, taking that, taking that wisdom and then resharing that wisdom. And I think each of you have incredible stories. And if you think about, you know, we just share things without necessarily recognizing the impact it has on others. So purposeful leadership for me was I was going around talking with teammates and, you know, I sort of had a story for that or I had a lesson for that or I had a concept for that. And um, because candidly, I've made all the mistakes, every mistake that was possible. I can proudly tell you that I have made those. And but more proudly, I've learned from all of those. And so it's not always that my lesson is the right lesson for you, but you can learn just a nugget of wisdom that might help you. And then you make that your own. And so when I realized how um, powerful that was in the responses I was getting, I thought, wow, maybe there is an opportunity to share those lessons and that level of vulnerability and those different ways of maybe thinking that might, you know, that might resonate. And uh, the Purpose of Leadership program really has resonated. I get lots of beautiful feedback. I wrote, I wrote an article on the bitch pitfall and it was kind of a, it was, uh, it was on scarcity and, you know, for me, I take that really seriously. And women have a way of sort of thinking that there's not enough for every one of us. Um, and so that was um, a really great lesson to share. So that is my purposeful leadership sort of journey, if you will. And it's been something like I started out saying, this is such a labor of love for me. Uh, and it's just, and now I find myself sharing deeper lessons uh, and lessons probably that are more vulnerable than when I first started. So. How inspiring is that, right? I mean, this world of or strive for perfection certainly is ridden with its own pitfalls. So you're owning that we all must learn from our day to day and no one's perfect, right? And how amazing is that as a leader to be able to share your journey? We certainly appreciate that, Julie. Vanessa, I have one thing to add, you know, one yeah. really profound lesson you just, uh, so I, uh, one really profound lesson I learned when I was 27 years old was uh, I was a perfectionist. And so, um, so that just caused me to react. Uh, so I was an absolute perfectionist and I was working with someone then who said to me, and I, I changed this in a, in a New York second, they said to me, Julie, perfectionism for you seems to be a cover for being critical of others. And so you can continue to do that. And if you continue to be a perfectionist and what you're really doing is using that as a vehicle to be critical of others, it's going to be difficult for you to build relationships yeah. and others aren't going to want to be around you. So she said to me, why don't you strive for excellence instead? Hmm. Why don't you just, why don't you just strive for excellence? And I felt like someone had like, it was just an epiphany for me. And I literally changed that overnight. 
literally changed that. And so for me, and that changed my relationships and my life. So I don't know if that's a lesson that's helpful for our listeners here, but I thought I would just share that. Love, love, love that. And certainly in a world that's quite critical, right? We think about the mental health and the war on talent and our cultures. And I think that is one of many lessons that you share. Can you speak to how your purposeful leadership journey is is playing into mental health and and culture here at Brown and Brown and what you'd love our listeners to hear to that regard? Yeah, I um, believe that showing up as a authentic, kind, fair, caring leader is really important and doing that in the way that resonates for you. And I think your teammates and our teammates know when you're present with them and whether or not you really care. And for me, building a relationship is the most important first. Someone has to feel like um, that they matter and that they, that you care about them and that when you're with them, you're really with them and you're not looking at your phone and you're not on a, you know, a team's call, shaking your head at the appropriate times, but not paying attention and all that nonsense that goes with that. Or, you know, you're presenting and someone is looking at their phone, like all of that sort of stuff. You leave micro clues about whether or not your actions support what you say. And so for me, leadership is serious. It's real business. It's about being present and being active in developing the relationship and, you know, being very thoughtful about how you deliver uh, information and how you deliver, how you deliver a response to performance as well. You know, when I think about being present, if you're really present, you know, if there's something troubling your teammate or another human being doesn't even have to be your teammate because you're picking up on all the clues because you're right there. You're right there. You're present. You know, you can listen closer. You can identify, which makes you, um, I think, in my view, a much more valuable uh, leader because you're getting underneath what really is challenging for the teammate. The way I think that translates into sort of mental health is teammates trust you then. You start to create this level of responsibility and credibility and a trusting environment where you can do so much more in an environment of collaboration. If you trust someone, each of you think about someone that you trust and think about how well you work with them and think about the reasons why you trust them. And I bet I've touched on a couple of those. You can create magic like the three of you do here, right? You create magic because you trust each other and that transcends and that's what starts to create a culture. And, you know, for me, a culture is about balancing work and life and taking care of yourself. So I'm a huge proponent of taking care of myself. I think I, I, I expect my teammates to do that. I push them if they don't, if they're not taking enough vacation, I'm tracking that myself to make sure that they do. If they look off a particular day, I'm spending time with them. I've had, I've had times where a teammate came into my office and not, you know, it was clear they weren't feeling good and we were doing our direct report meeting. And I just said, don't open your computer. Let's talk about how you're doing and where you're at. And we spent two hours talking about how they were doing and where they were at. Um, and it was an intervention, right? And if I'd not been sort of in it and present and caring enough, I would have let that opportunity pass. And I'm not sure what would have happened. So, so I think mental health is so important. And I think as leaders, each of us need to take responsibility for making sure we're in a good headspace every single day. Now, I take time to do that every morning because um, as you can imagine, if, uh, as being a chief people officer and you guys have your own crazy days too, boy, there are some doozies that hit your desk on a daily sure. basis, right? And so if Never. you are not <laughs> balanced, 
experienced and showing up in a very neutral way, you know, you might be reacting to some of those, to some of those, you know, doozies that are coming across. So, you know, taking responsibility as a leader for your own mental health and development allows you to help your teammates. And one of the things I'm so proud of at Brown and Brown is that, um, you know, we make an investment in helping our teammates with mental health because we know that it matters so much. And there's so many components to mental health. There's how you're feeling physically. There's how you're feeling mentally. There's if you're going through something, whether at work or in your personal life, if you've got something that's happening, if there's been a death of someone or a divorce or a a situation with a child, so many examples, taking care of a parent, right? There's so many examples. So giving our teammates sort of a place to be able to share those thoughts and a place to be able to find some help so that we can support them through whatever the journey is that they're, you know, that they're currently on. So we've got a number of resources here at Brown and Brown. um, And we make that what I would say is a top priority. And we're all going to need at some point in our life, the opportunity to connect with someone to just help us through something. It's just how life is. Life is lumpy. It's messy. And every once in a while, we need someone just to help us through that. So we want to make sure that we've got those resources locked down for our teammates. Well, and easy to find. I mean, transcends from work to, I'll even pick on my own family this morning. Kid you not, went to our little uh, My Benefits app thingy. And what's top of mind? It's our mental health and well-being. And I'm looking for our own stuff. And that's so constant. And from your leadership and the team's leadership, it's not just one thing that's shoved down and then don't ever bring up again. It's it's always right there. And then bringing that back into presence, if I can get my 13-year-old who's got a phone now, which I don't approve of, but if I get her to be more <laughs> present rather than texting, that's my next goal. So I'm going to try to use some of these nuggets here, Julie, to kind of build that back into the family. So I might need your help on that too. I love that. And I'm here for you for sure. You know, I found a startling statistic that I thought you guys might be really interested in. And uh, let me tell you where it's from. I thought it was startling. So I would be interested in your feedback on this. Leaders have as much of an impact on people's mental health as their spouses. 69% for both. Isn't that startling? And so when you think about the type of leader you are, Think about that for a second. Like the fact that you as a leader or me as a leader or our listeners as a leader have a 69% impact on, you know, on their, uh, on people's mental health. That's the same as our spouses or significant others do. That's profound when you think about that. Mm-hmm. Julie, I, I have a question around, I told you I might throw you a curveball before we started. Hopefully this isn't too much of a curveball. I'm ready. Here comes Jared's yeah. side hustle. Let's do this. Employees. No, 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 no side hustle. Okay, not today. No side hustle. <laughs> no side hustle. <laughs> but let's pretend I am a mid-market employer. <laughs> and I'm the head. I'm the head of HR of this mid-market employer. Yeah. And I am trying to have an impact on, I'm new in my role or I'm trying to making a change into the current culture. What are some things or some areas of focus that you have found that's had an impact on us at Brown and Brown that might help this leader in this mid-market employer somewhere to start to have this impact and some areas of focus? Uh, The first thing, and I know it's not going to be revolutionary, but I think it's overlooked a lot is to, to either survey or talk to your teammates. What would matter to them? Because when you sit in an organization, you might think you know what matters to them. But how do you without just asking? 
So what matters to them? So if it's mental health, what part of mental health is important? Where does the gap exist? I call it sort of the social listening tour, right? Like just do an internal social listening tour where you're talking to enough teammates to really understand. Because the one thing for me, and this is probably the operator in me, is I do not want to work on anything whatsoever that does not create value to the to the teammates, right? To the business, to the teammates, because it's just not worth it. And I think one of the things that for our teammates, it's really important is we do listen, we do ask, and then we react to that. And so that's a great way to help prioritize too. So it's literally taking the social cues from your own teammates. And then you not only have an understanding about what you need to do, but you also have some evidence and support, right? Because some of the things that you might need to do may cost, you know, may may require an investment. So, so I think for me, that's like number one is to ask. And if you think you know, then instead of asking, maybe you ask to validate rather than, you know, ask to learn. Um, but I think we prefer here at Brown and Brown, and it's certainly my own preference too, is to ask to learn rather than ask to validate. And because you learn so much. And so for me, that would be the starting point is understand what do the teammates need? I think a couple of things that we learned is our teammates love to create a sense of community. So as a leader in a mid-sized organization, finding ways to allow them or help them to create a sense of community, whether it's through, uh, we do it through our TRGs or teammate resource groups, or whether it's a mentoring program or whether it's a rotation program. Um, I think those are some really quick ways. Also, um, peer-to-peer partnership programs where they're recognizing each other is generally a really great way to start. It's not that expensive. And it's where, you know, each peers are recognizing their own peers. And that's a wonderful program to start. I can tell you that, you know, any sort of satisfaction scores start to go up uh, ever so slightly as a a result of just a program like that. So, Jared, those are some things that I would think about doing. I don't know um, if that was helpful or... No, I love it. I think think that's exactly what our listeners are looking for is how can I have an impact, whether it's through some of the benefits that we talk about and get into the weeds of a lot of the different things we talk about, or how can I impact an individual's life? And I think some of the things that you shared, which is why I believe you're a great people leader, not in human resources, but a great people leader. Am I going to get fired actually, for that? <laughs> you, care, you care about the individual, right? It's, it's yeah. having an impact on an individual. And I think that that's when a teammate can feel that their leader cares about them individually, it makes all the difference in the world. And I think that as a leader out there, and I'm trying to have that impact, you gave some great starting points to how they can actually pay attention to an individual. And recognize too that, um, you know, teammates know when you're present and they know when you're not. Even if you think you're pulling that off, I can assure you, you're not pulling it off. And while I'm looking at you, Jared, I don't really mean you, but, um, but you know, but it's what's true. Um, and, and there's a profound difference between the value and the depth that you, of a relationship you can have. Um, just by either being present or not being present. You know, I talk about that. We do a leadership challenge um, every couple times a year, and I always kick that off. And I talk about the importance of leadership and the fact that, you know, you are the individual as the leader who has a great deal of impact on that particular teammate because you spend so much time with them. So to give that no consideration 
about how you show up to me is sloppy and lazy because I think constantly about how I show up personally, not just for the teammates that report to me, but for our 16,000 teammates, like how can I show up and make a difference? And while, you know, I love to think about myself as an overachiever in this category, I feel like making a difference in one person's life every day is, is just something I cherish, whether it's smiling at someone, whether it's just giving them a safe space uh, to share. Sometimes teammates just want to be heard. They don't actually want anything new. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they just want to be heard and know that you're truly listening to them and you're listening to help solve or you're listening just to give them a space. So I think for me, the underneath of it all is that relationship and how, how do you care about people and how much do you care about how you show up? To me, that's the that's sort of the foundational piece for me. That's awesome, Julie. And everything we're talking about here and Jared's kind of quest for how, where do I begin? At the end of the day, we're in a war on talent, right? And, and dollars are dollars. Quite frankly, many are looking for so much more than just a comp package. And what you're describing and the culture we are blessed to live in each and every day and reinforce all the messages that you are sharing with our listeners today doesn't exist everywhere. So some of it is very, very basic, and it's an amazing reminder to take a step back, to be genuine, to be present, and to really think about how you lead and how you treat others. Have some fun together, I would say, is the other big thing that we bring together so well and you encourage our teammates to do. And, you know, I'll be attending a teammate wedding this weekend. We've got 25 of us and don't think we're not all wearing cheetah socks on the dance floor, right? <laughs> you got to have a little fun together. And you talk about, you know, the influence that you have in the workplace relative to a spouse. We spend so much time with our peers and our teammates. It's so important not to lose sight of these elements. So thank you so much for sharing your amazing leadership and style with all of us. Are there any closing messages you want to make sure our listeners hear today? Because we've loved every second with you thus far. I would just say that, you know, our culture, our culture is special. Um, and that's a reflection of all of our teammates and the three of you, right? That's what makes our culture special and that we all sort of um, care so much about our clients, our prospects, and our teammates. And so I think when I think about our culture, I think the three of you, you know, reflect that in a really powerful way, the way you work together, the way you think about things, just in even doing this podcast, I think it's beautiful and bringing a different perspective to the marketplace. I think that that's special. And so, so thank you for that. Thank you for what you all do for our organization. And thanks for your contribution to our, you know, tremendous culture and to your leadership. So thank you. I'll, I'll just add real quick, the, the power of culture. I've been asked a few times recently doing interviews for new potential teammates. Jared, why are you at Brown and Brown? Why are yeah. you here? <laughs> and the answer is pretty easy. It's the culture that we've created. I could go somewhere else and compensation could be comparable. But what keeps me here? And Because and, I got asked that the first time and I thought about it. And so I thought about it after the interview and really what is that motivation? And culture is such a big impact on your life because how much time you spend at work is a real deal. So I, I love the advice that you gave, Julie, because I think it helps our listeners understand how they can have an impact on the culture and what that does to Vanessa's point to help with that recruitment retention. So thank you for the advice. Thank you for the culture you've helped build here at Brown and Brown and the impact you are. So thank you. Thank you. 
Loved every second of today's benefits breakdown with Julie. Thank you again. We would love to have you back. We appreciate you and all you do. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in for yet another fun episode of the benefits breakdown. 